Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Mental Health Today. It's your host, Ken Stearns, uh, and it's a beautiful day. I'm here in Portland, Oregon, uh, taking a little break off the road from the JAR podcast itself, uh, uh, but still doing some recordings around this, the Mental Health Today show. Love it that we've got our brand new logo uh, up in the corner, so give us uh, some shout out about that. My name on here uh, associated with the JAR Foundation and the JAR Foundation is, is currently sponsoring the Mental Health Today. If you've got any interest in sponsoring the show or something like the JAR, please do reach out and uh, be happy to talk to you about how you can help support these kind of conversations that are so important to have. Along my journey with the, the podcast uh, called the JAR Podcast, uh, I met our next guest, Patrick. And Patrick and I had a great conversation, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, really vulnerable, uh, really impactful and powerful for me. At the, end of the, at the end of the conversation, Patrick and I were talking, and I just uh, kind of felt inspired and, and just made sense to me to invite him to this platform so he could share a little bit different part of his journey. And, and it's a quite a powerful one. And, and I've, you know, I've, I've done over 260 interviews, and each one of them is very unique. And Patrick's stories like that, also unique. And, you know, Patrick, I really just loved uh, your energy, your calmness, your serenity, your thoughtfulness or mindfulness about how you speak and the things that you're doing now. And I don't know what you were like when you were younger. Uh, you know, we talked a bit on the, on the, on the jar. But for sure, you're in, a, you're in a really interesting place. And I think your story can, can help a lot of people and be quite impactful. And, and I'm happy to to sit here and be able to listen to a different angle on it. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, tell the audience a little bit about who you are and, you know, a little bit of a background, how mental health has become an issue for you. And then we'll get into, you know, more about what we're doing or what we should be doing around kind of helping other people. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on, Ken. I really did appreciate doing that initial podcast with you as well. Mm, that's um, great. You know, it's uh, it's you are providing that opportunity for people to show their vulnerable, their vulnerability. And, um, you know, I think that's going to be a very big piece in the solution to, um, you know, the mental health situation that we're kind of presented with right now. Um, you know, I'm. My name's Patrick. I live in Houston, Texas. I'm a graphic designer by day. Um, I make art and music and I'm a father and a recovering addict and, um, and a creative and, uh, mm. you know, a, a long list of other things too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I love, man, because you're, you know, we're, we are creative and we're artists and, uh, you know, that emotional side to that and that, that, vulnerability and creativity part is really powerful. Yeah. And it is, um, you know, and it's that aspect of myself that really likes to dive into, um, things of a more spiritual or mystical nature and that sort of thing. But it really does, um, doing that really facilitates my understanding of what my own personal mental health is hmm. and, you know, how to gain insight into my own behaviors and, and um, be able to provide myself with real solutions to changing it. Mm. So, um, you know, and I've, I, I initially found um, a lot of this 
sort of um, insight through working a 12-step program, okay. um, which, you know, particularly was um, NA and AA, mm -hmm. but I, you know, yeah. really it's the 12-step program yeah. that is kind of the key to that, you know. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so, you know, having the sort of life experience of spending, you know, decades of my life under, under the influence of things to greater or lesser degrees, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. I'll say like the bulk of that time is, was not like problematic for me or anything. Oh. So, um, but, you know, coming out of that and giving myself some real uh, time of sobriety gives me, um, gives me insight into, you know, how that was still affecting me throughout those years that it wasn't even like so problematic that I had to address it. Right. So I, func I mean, a functioning addict, right. It's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that works on so many different levels that people are not attributing to that as well. So mm. I remember being, a, I remember being really young and asking about uh, media fascination is what they told me that was like, uh, you know, getting, I, I was asking about, you know, getting addicted to video games or shows and that sort of thing. And, you know, that's when I learned that term media fascination. And I think, I think our understanding of what addiction is, I think we kind of need to widen the net <laughs> as far as what we are classifying as that. So, because, I mean, that's what I've had to do for myself to, to keep growing after, you know, after being able to put aside a lot of the substance issues that I had you know, I found myself with just such a slew of other problems that were kind of in the same, same vein mm. as that, you know, so kind of like uh, the lesser demons, <laughs> right? Uh, that, socially, that were still socially, socially acceptable. Right. Oh, yeah. Very not only socially acceptable, but almost promoted. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm not trying to take a stab at anybody and saying it that way. It's just, uh, you know, I had to, I had just had to start being real honest with myself about a lot of the other behaviors that I was partaking in after having a, you know, after genuinely working that 12 step program, like at the end of that, and a lot of people kind of gloss over this, or maybe, maybe those who don't really understand what is going on in the 12 step program who are outside of it, mm -hmm. like that. Step 12 is having a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. So the whole idea is like, you know, you're starting out admitting these problems and everything, but you, the solution is that you have, you're at a spiritual deficit, you know, and what, in a way that people say that in the program is, you have a God-sized hole in you and you're trying to fill it with everything but that. <laughs> and, and I don't mean this in a religious way at all. Like it's, you know, it's kind of beyond that, right? Like there's, yes. there, are, there are levels of truth that are beyond our belief that persist mm. regardless of our belief. And 
agree. You know, the, the universe being conscious is one of those things that persists beyond our belief or awareness of it. And going, so going through that 12 step program really mm. brought me into a level of awareness of that. Yes. that allowed me to continue my healing well beyond just the substance abuse issues that I was addressing. So I felt like I hit a real solid step 12 <laughs> at some point in that process, you know. Um, I guess another thing that I would bring up as far as the 12-step program, because there are a lot of misconceptions about it, yes. and it's just okay. that, it's just that, like, you know, the success rate for rehabs is is very akin to the success rate of 12-step programs, which is, you know, I haven't looked at the statistics since the pandemic or anything, but we were looking at somewhere between 7 and 14% success rate. And that's just for like the next two years after that or something is what they were measuring. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Damn, that's so, tough. You know, these these things do not, you know, they're they're portrayed this way because they they genuinely want to help people and they want to offer real solutions. And the real solutions are there. But um, you know, that doesn't mean that it works a hundred percent of the time or fifty percent of the time or a quarter. Like mm. it's it's very low. So yeah, ten percent is not I mean, I'm shocked at that number, honestly. It's so, de yeah. I, that's a depressing number in itself. Well, and I think, I think the reason for that is Whew. kind of what I've already touched on that, you know, it's really a, like a genuinely spiritual problem that we're trying to address. And we're kind that's of living in a world that seems very, mm. where we've really compartmentalized what spirituality is. And it keeps, you know, it either puts bad taste in our mouth or we um, have a real narrow vision of what that is and can be yeah, for us. Yeah. You so, know, it's interesting. I, I like that because it is, I agree with that. I think the, for sure, the first thing a lot of people think about with 12 step is it, it's, you know, at the end of it, it's some, you know, it's a, some kind of a Jesus thing or some recruitment program. It has a lot of, I think, a lot of negativity around it. Um, mm -hmm. at least from the outside. And, and I'm curious, how many people do you think are going in there and already are quite, are, are religious or have a religious grounding? Um, you know, so, cause it's interesting cause you get to step 12 and it's a different, you know, I think you have a different kind of a spiritual awakening. If you, if you go in believing, you know, in God and, and whatever your belief system is, but it's religious, it's in, in that part, you're spiritual, but you, I wonder if you get to the end and it's a different kind of acceptance or awakening. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's, I think it's a much deeper version than just a mm. religious sense of what spirituality is. And on that note, and I, I have to kind of speak from my own experience, but you know, maybe people coming into it who are more on the doubtful side or more on yes. the atheistic or more on the agnostic mm -hmm. side of it might come into that genuine step 12 experience a little easier than if they're trying to, <laughs> you know, apply their dogmatic oh, yeah, they're, 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 ideology to it. Yes. You know, like part, part of that is like, you know, a deconstruction of our preconcept preconceived notions about what, 
God is and what spirituality is. Oh, so, that's so interesting. I, so I, I, um, yeah, that's a cool, cool angle. Sorry. Keep, yeah, keep going. So that, that, you know, really going through that, I, I had sought some more understanding about like, how, you know, what, what framework really facilitates this level of understanding what, you know, I've had, I've had a genuine experience because of this, but now, you know, now I feel the need to find like a real world context to kind of mm. base this on. Not that it's going to, um, you know, answer all the questions behind it or anything, but it will help me to further understand it in terms of other people's experiences and then help me facilitate me explaining that to other people as well. Okay. So that's, it was about at that point that I, came into um, the research that was done by Suzanne Cook Greuter that okay. that's called uh, the nine stages of ego development. And the nine stages of ego development kind of take you from, you know, and they, and the cool part is it's kind of like is a telling of human history, but it's also a telling of your individual life as well. You know, you can like attribute this to early humanity and you can attribute it to like your childhood and and you can mm. start to see some of these phases that you have gone through in your own life and be able to really spot where you're at and what is in what direction you need to go with it, too. So, it you know, I think most people will, you know, if they're really honest with themselves, will find them selves with a lot of work to do in regards to the these to models. the ego <laughs> yeah i would yeah. imagine and, it, and it's real humbling to do that kind of um to be honest with yourself in those kind of ways mm. too about where your understanding of yourself and the world is at and everything so um so, you know, none of this stuff is meant to be, uh, you know, put people in categories or say certain people are this way and they're always going to be that way. Like these are all real progressive models mm -hmm. so that you can see that, you know, people have to spend time in each stage to really earnestly get to the next and be able to stay there. You okay. know? So, um, and, uh, and first and foremost, you need to, you need to, point this model at yourself first if you're not if you're not doing that first before you are you know like using it to kind of explain the things of the world then you're doing it wrong you know it's yeah it's not meant to be some uh like totalitarian classification of people or anything like that don't don't so. walk or, don't bring it don't bring it to the executive office and and uh start point going around the room pointing where people are at <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's more like if somebody wanted me to give my honest opinion about where they are at, then I hmm. would do that for them under a private setting, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, for that's sure, kind of yeah. how that that would have to take <clears throat> place. And I can only speak from the place that I am at and from that level of understanding I, too. So oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, not it, a, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, you know, it, it really puts a cap on thinking that you've arrived at the end of understanding everything. Like you just kind of realize that it's a real continual thing and that there is no end to the, 
that. So there, you have it. You want to show one of those models or yeah, absolutely. Because we had we had talked a little bit about that. I'd love to see. Yeah, let's bring how up this the get some that little let's explanation. Bring up the twelve. Yeah, let's bring up that twelve step program uh, slide that I have there, okay. and um, you know I'll kind of explain that. You know what they one thing in really any twelve step program you're going to find is. Um, Something that a lot of people do, I don't want to say everybody, but probably everybody, um, at least I had to go through this several times where they call it the three-step shuffle. And what that means is <laughs> it even, it even has you go through own, these own first name. three steps. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And you go through these first three steps and you just, you, you, you can't launch past that third step and you end up falling back down and having come to come back to step one and everything. Yeah. And while this, is, this program is meant to be repeated over and over again, it works a lot better when you go all the way through before you repeat it again. So, um, but to kind of point this out, like, you know, there, in, in whatever context um, we understand our um, <clears throat> experience with uh, spirituality or God or whatever you want to term that as, you know, a lot, oftentimes I just kind of perceive it as the universe being aware. Hmm. more than trying to deify things or something like that. But, um, you know, they say you can call the doorknob God and that will be enough to get you to at, at least step three. Like you got to have some, some thing outside of yourself that can come in and interject in your processes because you realize that you are walking with this set of blinders on mm. and that you in your own perception with these blinders on, you can't take the blinders off because, well, you're blind to it. So you, it needs to be acted upon by an outside force in order for that to change. So, um, you know, to, put it in terms that maybe most people will understand is like, we have a higher version of ourselves. That's still ourselves. <laughs> For know, sure. Um, whether, and whether agree. we, whether we call it our subconscious or our holy guardian angel really matters not. It's mm -hmm. just a recognition of that um, is what can get us past that step three. So, okay. Um, but, you know, our, our level of honesty about really approaching that is what's going to define whether we really get past that or not, too. So, mm -hmm. but, you know, we, we reach that from asking for that sort of help from it. And mm. once again, whether you see it as um, God or the universe or your, your higher self matters not, you're asking like some outside non-physical force to interject because as we have proven in physics, an object in motion tends to stay in motion <laughs> unless acted upon by an outside force. <laughs> right. 
So that is true for said. us too in this I, way. Actually, very interesting. <laughs> I mean, that's a great parallel. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what's really meant by that, you know, and that's where that sort of scientific insight comes from that level of insight too. You know, there's there there are a lot of um, you know, more deeply spiritual ties and spiritual practices tied to the greatest minds and scientists of human history because they were able to see parallels and things like that. So mm. that's where that sort of insight came out of this sort of level of introspection, you know? <clears throat> and this is what this is really designed to bring us back to is a genuine uh, degree of introspection, like an acknowledgement of the interior life that, mm. that, you know, that materialism and, you know, probably the majority of our society is really um, rallying sort of against whether consciously or unconsciously. It's just like, it's a denial of it because it's really hard to do this work and it's emotionally right. taxing to do this work. Yes. And it's understandable why people try to avoid it at all costs. Um, but, you know, the, in, in really doing it, then we can begin to have a vision of ourselves looking internally like that. So, you know, having that spiritual awakening at the end of step 12 is kind of like that flowering of the mind's eye to where you can really honestly begin to look inside yourself and yes. begin to see things truthfully as opposed to, you know, being, being skewed by um, different ways of thinking and stuff. So yeah, and like you said, I mean, the opposite of your, you know, looking through your mind's eye is to, is to do, is to shut that eye off and not to look at how you behave or the impact it has on other people, right. To not right. see to not see you moving through humanity and, and the impact that you have on everybody you touch. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and how important it is to do that in a, you know, all, all like the things that you've got here, right. And the way that the, that these, once you get your head around all these pieces, powerful, you can be a different kind of human. You, you really can be, you know, we all have, um, we all have a, um, access to you know well our our higher selves which is you know not not just like a happier version of ourselves it's it, it facilitates understanding and mm -hmm. um agree <clears throat> um but let's move into yeah yeah it's this slide keep, yeah keep us here. moving and See what you will show. Oh. oh, do we need some help from me on this one? Nope, you can keep it right there. I'm gonna just get this going here. There we go. So, um, so this was kind of the next model that I came up against that helped me to understand uh, a process that I was going through. Like, you know, these are these are just kind of crude models of the real thing, right? Okay. Like we, we're human, we're very limited in our understanding of the universe. Like science is 
science and everything is proven, like we really can only see and understand like four or 5% of what's going on. So for, in order for us to facilitate greater understanding, we have to start with something. We have to start with these yes, crude models. Agree, and, agree. And then as our understanding progresses, we can move into more comprehensive models. And hopefully these and kind of seeing what the lines of connection are and how they kind of graduate up into higher understandings like you know there there will be future models that are less crude than what we're looking at mm. right now that are on the horizon so um but this was the next thing that i came into that really helped me understand not only the process i was going through in my journey for recovery but in my life entirely mm. like it, it all started to um, come into view that this was not just like, you know, I did drugs a little too much and I got out of control and this was the process. It was more like, uh, you know, what my progress from, you know, my earliest memories on up um, and what I have gone through. <clears throat> And some other good models to mention that facilitate this understanding are something like A Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. Okay. Um, you know, they would kind of go along with this as well. But mm. once again, that's kind of more of a uh, simplistic, metaphorical model, whereas this is kind of diving more into um, the psychology behind it. Now, this model was actually taken you know, they did a lot of research into uh, creating this model. Um, and you can find the paper online at Suzanne Cook Greuter. Okay. Uh, the Nine Stages of Ego Development. And that's free online. If you just look it up, mm. you can read that. She's, I think it's like a 90 page um, paper on that explains the research behind it and what the findings okay. are. So this is just a breakdown of what that paper is getting at and how we progress through uh, these different perceptions throughout our lives. And I think it was kind of at this point, maybe this is a good point to kind of mention this, um, like ha having that spiritual awakening um, kind of led me to understand like, that, well, yeah, to put it simply, God is real, but also uh, that reincarnation is probably real too. <laughs> and, and not just like in a poetic sense either, you know? And I think mm. if we can understand that, um, that there's sort of like a glaring evidence of that in our world, <laughs> then we, at the very least, having that understanding can facilitate why people are at different levels of understanding yes. um, and not just culturally. Like, you know, some people's children are like, well, beyond their understanding, you know, and that that can kind of explain why that is. So, um, you know, whether you believe it or not, considering that as an option can kind of facilitate our understanding of why people have the different understandings of yeah. their experience here that they do. So, you know, where I found myself um, 
where I found myself coming out of uh, my addiction and everything was I was really kind of struggling getting out of uh, what we would say like the conventional stage. Yes. Um, Now, and that, you know, I think, I think these models really have helped me with having empathy and compassion for other people, understanding that we all Mm. have to spend time in these phases to genuinely understand and move up to the next. So, you know, like uh, step three right here under conventional where it says conformist, uh, some of us might kind of like scoff at that word or (laughs) think that that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Like, you know, we, as humans, we have to understand what the purpose of conforming and, and going and working with other people is. Uh, Yeah. Like we, we would not be sitting here having this conversation if it weren't for that. So, um, but we can also kind of fall into these stages and be stuck in a closed loop on these stages far longer than we need to. Um, so that's where we start to, you know, get a bad taste in our mouth about the uh, word conformist, right? Because that can be overdone. (laughs) That can be overdone. So, um, and any of these can be overdone. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to place myself in any one of these categories here today either. Like, uh, as a matter yeah. of fact, I kind of I've kind of just keep going through them and then starting back at the beginning again <laughs> is how it really works. But, um, you know, <laughs> we got to walk all the way through it first to really realize how we repeat that on, in higher and higher ways as we go. Yeah, maybe that's um, interesting. Interesting articulation, right? Is that we, we, if you do repeat it, at least you're coming back probably shorter time in each place, and you're at a different level. Yeah, and it's the difference yeah. between being like, you know, I, I kind of see it a, a few different ways. Like we can be, we we can also go the opposite way in this model as well, which I would call the downward spiral, hmm. where we can be stuck in one of these stuck in a closed loop where we're just kind of repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again, never really getting it. Um, But, you know, once we break out of that, then we're on the upward spiral. And when you really get that sort of trajectory through these stages of development, that's when you start repeating those processes over and over again. And the same is true with that 12 step process as well. So, you know, that's going to be, common and everything that i'm showing you here okay so, um right, let's see so, what else you got or do you want to yeah, keep on so, this one you know, no no after you know after i read through that paper and everything that just opened my eyes to a lot of things and then a more you know of course there was a more comprehensive model that presented itself to me which was um Yeah, and this is like a visual breakdown of the ego development theory, which is a good, good um, breakdown of the stages and how they transcend and what the, how they look categorically. Uh, But then I came to something called spiral dynamics. Um, 
mm, I'm not going to try and uh, remember the founders names of this or anything okay. um, off of the top of my head, but um, a couple of, a couple of gentlemen did some extensive research into this. There are uh, quite a few books that are written about this. One is called Spiral Dynamics Integral, which goes into not mm -hmm. only the method, but how to do it individually, um, like as an individual, how to really apply that process to yourself. Yeah, I want to um, spiral dynamics. I'm going to take a look for sure. Yeah, and um, so this this is where you know it started diving into more, um, you know, and, and <laughs> you know take take some of these uh, descriptions of the different stages throughout this process really lightly. Okay, these are just once again, it's it's a more more comprehensive model, but it's still a crude model. So it's not some it's not meant to take as some sort of absolutist, and we're, we're it's definitely not meant to use to like place other people upon this or anything. It's just for your own personal development. Um, but it is helpful to see other people who have made this kind of progress. Like if I'm looking at this, I see. Um, in stage yellow, it says Albert Einstein, for example. <laughs> I, yeah, and I, can I, kind of, I, and I can kind of trace this down into like the epochs, which is integral, which I'll touch on. Uh, I'll explain a little bit more in a moment here of what that really means or cosmocentric or vision logic. Um, you know, and that so that kind of gives me a little bit of a guidepost, right? Now it's not mm, pegging Albert I Einstein see. as a straight yellow or anything. As a matter of fact, he was he was all the way up there by the end of it. But um, you know, and probably had plenty of times further down on the scale as well. Yes. So you know, everybody's going to exist in more than one of these categories at any one time. Is kind of how that works. I would say, you know, you have like one primary place that you are in this like where you're kind of where your baseline is at mm. and then you and then you have moments where you're dipping up into the next one but then you also have moments where you're being reactive and you're dipping back down into the one prior to that as well so mm. which is why you know a lot of you know to bring up a specific example like why a lot of stage blue which would be fundamental religion uh, yeah, people coming from that perspective yeah. on life, like being re being reactive and dipping back down into red, which is, you know, a lot more angry, violent sort of thing. So, you know, where our, where where we are, where our baseline is at is not what our, I mean, we still have capacities that are below that. And it's good to be mindful. Yeah, and probably so, also above that, I, I think, right? There's people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's how yeah. we're able to kind of bootstrap ourselves up through this process, too. So uh, it's not a bad thing that we exist in more than one of these categories. That's actually how we become accustomed to the one above it. And then, you know, as we experience some of those perspectives from the higher perspective, and then, and then we dip back down into the one below it, we can kind of pair those up and having mm -hmm. the higher perspective on our lower behavior can really cause us to change. So, 
you know, having this model in front of me and understanding the workings of it really allowed me to bootstrap my way up into, into higher perspectives on myself, you know, and that, you know, that really translates into just higher perspectives in general. Right. So, you know, when, you know, when people share the line, know thyself, like that is the most important thing that we can do in this life is to really make a study of our own selves Mm. and our own lives that will give us the insight that we need to understand the world. So, and it's not to judge the world either, you know, it's not to, um, you know, for me, having this model actually allows me to have empathy for people who are at all of these stages. You know, Uh, it facilitates my empathy towards them. So it's, you know, once again, people are going to use things for however they want. And, and any good tool can be used in any direction, but this is really what the intent behind the design okay. of this model is, is for to facilitate understanding. Um, so we're not demonizing people who have yet to come to our same level of understanding too. So, yeah, I love, and I do, it's, it's, you know, I mean, people could agree or disagree with the labels at the top. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think we can, the, I think that, you know, where people are at, um, but I think the great parts do give you some logic as to why they're placed where they're at. And then you can kind of make your own judgment call if that's the right marker. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. like I liked coming into these models, too, because they they left room for some things towards the end here where you see, um, you know, like in the cognitive develop cognitive development line towards the end here. Um, you know, the last three categories are vision, logic, mm-hmm. psychic, and non-dual. And, yeah. um, you know, th- terms like mystical or psychic are a little woo woo for some people, but yes. you know, when you are really doing the work, you're going to have some experiences that are just ineffable and you can't explain right? <laughs> You're just, it's gonna happen. I, yeah, I'm not I, here to say that it's like telepathy or like TV or the movies or anything, but you are going to have some ineffable experiences for sure. I, I've had so, some experiences in the jar where they are unexplainable. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. they're, you can, you can fill in the blank, um, but they're not explainable. Yeah. But they're not explainable in any normal logical way. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's only, for me, there's only, you know, a couple of conclusions uh, that there is, there is that non-duality. There's just psych, you know, that basically not even, they were, wouldn't even call them psychic. It's way past that. It was, yeah. you know, moving time and space to, to put me in a place in mm. front of a person that it's difficult to unwind what you see. And you're like, okay, whatever, whatever just happened is unexplainable in, in mod, you know, in a, in a real logical terminology or, or any experience that I've had. And the only way to explain it is someone is bending time and space. And I don't know how that happens. I don't understand it, but 
things happen that are beyond anything I've seen and anything that's explainable. And um, so there's stuff out there we don't know, can't understand. Right. And yeah, know, yeah, because we're still we're still yeah. at that five percent of through our five senses being able to experience about four or five percent of reality. That yes. doesn't mean that the other ninety six percent of reality isn't happening right now. <laughs> It is. It's happening. You know? it's happening. You just... Yeah. And I think, I think coming, coming up this kind of is preparing us to, to really be able to perceive more of that, you know, and it's real, it's real awesome to come into more awareness of, of that missing percentage but you should You're also not. stay really I humble. I just lost my connection. Yeah. Um. Okay. You there, Patrick? Yeah. Yep, I'm still here. I'm still struggling. What happened here? Are you there, Patrick? Yes. Did you lose me? Okay. Yeah, sorry. I can't hear you. One sec. Mm -hmm. Shit. Is that a camera? Okay, I'm back. All right. <clears throat> Drop my ear pod, and then it, it just disconnected the whole thing, Jigger. Gotcha. Okay, let's come out of this, and we got a few minutes to kind of wrap up a little bit. Um, where do you want to take us from here? Um, I think to um, I think to wrap up is you know these these this is just like a handful of models that have helped me. There are quite a few mm. other models that have also helped me that are you know probably more out of the realm of just. Um, psychology or mental health, you know, some more spiritual models, uh, you know. So I think whatever it is that you are drawn to, to, yeah. to dis to help facilitate discovering more about yourself is what people should do. You know, yeah. so these, you know, these are not meant to be absolutist models or anything like that. I think we just need to really get in touch with ourselves. Um, so what I, what I like to address is like what my spiritual background has been, what my spiritual or religious mm -hmm. understanding was growing up. And then, you know, deeply understanding that and learning how to build upon that. So you know, as an example, like I was raised Christian. So when I started really getting into doing this sort of work, I dove kind of back into that, into understanding more about that religion and everything. But I dove right. into, you know, more the more occult ends of things, the deep, the deeper knowledge that's behind that. So okay. when and that's behind every religion too. It is there. When you go looking for deeper knowledge, you will find it. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and it gosh. will be there for you. And it doesn't matter what you practice or what 
you didn't practice and your parents practiced or whatever, it's good to acknowledge what we started off with in our worldview. And rather than, you know, rather than demonizing it for being a limited worldview, perhaps we should look into what the more comprehensive worldviews are behind that, because there are people who have taken that understanding to much, much deeper levels in every vein of that. So, um, you know, that's, and that's what the real purpose of having those, you know, occult or esoteric levels is for people who are ready to discover deeper levels about themselves. I like that idea of going back to whatever your core spirituality would have been, what those teachings, the original teachings, and kind of at least reaffirm what you know, kind of learn, relearn some things you might have you know, forgotten, um, if you, like you said, dive deeper for people who are already in that space and to learn, you know, and then it's, then it's okay. To maybe you kind of used to then start branching out, go look at other stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, for me, it was very interesting. I lived overseas for 20 years and I, I mean, I'm uniquely, I'm really lucky. I lived in the largest Hindu country, the largest Muslim country, the largest Buddhist country, I've lived in some of the. I've worked in one of the largest countries in the world, uh, or the largest uh, where there's no religion, and yeah. you know. And I was raised an altar boy, so by the end of those twenty years, I was pretty. I was pretty confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I believed yeah. all. I believed everything, and it all made sense to me. It all is based on such beautiful logic, right? There's so many beautiful messages in all of those religions. Um, you know, even even where they where they, it was just the state, yeah. How the people filled that in with their own day to day lives, uh, because obviously, you know, you you know, you don't believe the government born you or or created man and woman. You know, so you, you you'll go to some you'll go to you'll you won't think the state did that. So there is still right. that spirituality, that fundamental desire to know where we came from, where we're going. Um, why are you here? All these questions that are that people maybe sometimes drink themselves to death to try to avoid facing and and trying to understand who they are and how we fit in this 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 big spinning ball uh, you right. know, screaming through the universe. Yeah, and I think I think that's really how we need to start addressing the problem too. And you know. It's great that we have all these different examples from around the world on how spirituality can be looked at because it really shows you that it's, it's quite open-ended and you could just as easily come up with your own model for this, right? That's what everybody else has done. <laughs> that's, where, that's where they came from. And, and this is, you know, kind of one of the things we talked a bit about in the jar was, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about, but it references, you know, we talked about, in our conversation, the, the threat for me to other people is the spirituality. People are less, so many of the people I interviewed have been raised in some spiritual structure, right? A, a church or, or a synagogue or some, some other structure and a formal place. And many people are not in the formal space, but they are in this place of learning and understanding and growth and very, being very spiritual, uh, but not tying it to a specific building or a, or a particular particular individual or story they're they're looking how really their energy their life fits in um with the people around them in a spiritual way it's a beautiful thing i mean i've seen 
you know, and if nothing else, I'd call it, you know, a good awakening. Um, you know, these people aren't hating all churches and, you know, all religions. Um, that's not the point of what they're, when they share with us, right? Especially like even yourself, right? It's all about, this is who I was raised as. I might not be that person anymore, but man, I found this other connectivity, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't, I'm not discouraged about, um, you know, what has been coined as the mental health crisis in the world, because that this just means we're ready collectively I, to come in, start confronting this level of our existence collectively instead of turning a blind eye to it. And I think we can all set the differences aside and, and realize that there are, there are definitely some truths that run through all of them that are universal. So, um, so to, to drop another um, nugget of wisdom, what helped mm. facilitate my understanding, uh, you know, but both about religion and, and history alike, uh, there's a book called The Secret History of the World by Mark Booth. And that kind of that kind of takes you around the world through these different tr traditions and how they progressed and what the people of the time believed and why we believe what we believe today. And I think that's real helpful to understand when you're trying to get a grasp on where we're at in the world, where mm. who you are in this world, like that, that really facilitated such a great deal of understanding to me personally like being multi-traditional like that as well. Like yeah. I've, I've spent time, you know, uh, you know, starting off in Christianity, time as a Buddhist, time as a lot of, a lot of things, but going <laughs> through that sort of history of where all of that stuff came from. Yes. Really, really allowed me to put some pieces together of where we're at now and what's going to happen next and where we're really headed. And I feel really great about where we're headed right now. So it's, I know, I, I, I know too. we have, I know it looks really dark and, and we all yeah. have so much work to do. We all have so much work to do, but it's going to get better. And yeah. I, and I, and I, I know I, that I think, it will. I agree. And I think that we part, right. We have a lot of work to do and, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, keep working on your, and that, that's a great closing message for the audience is, you know, keep working on yourself. Keep checking on other people around you. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I can't, you know, impress enough. Conversation a couple of days ago with a, with a very close friend of mine and somebody who he had been keeping in touch with from our hometown. We weren't growing up as friends, but we, you know, they knew each other in high school and post high school and bit in college, you know. And, you know, this is an individual in our, the outer circle, but still he's a friend. And uh, my friend was just up there in Chicago visiting family and he was going to meet this guy. They had plans. And the guy was just had been saying for some time, don't know how long I'll be here on this earth. You know, I don't know how long I'll be here. And yeah. he was sure that he was talking about his health. And he was talking mm -hmm. about his health, but it was his mental health. And gentleman took his life about a week ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is, you know, my buddy's having chats with them saying, okay, I'll see you on Thursday for dinner. Tuesday morning, my friend finds out he's gone. And, yeah. you know, man, it's just like, really? Like mid-chat? I'm seeing you on Thursday? Like he was making plans. 
Yeah. yeah, he he was making plans, and he he couldn't make it that last minute. There was, you know, day by day, there's people struggling, and you know they're trying to make it to the end of the day, not the end of a week, or they're they're trying to make it to the end of the hour. I um, yeah 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 I know so, I, and I know uh, what that feels like from many angles of feeling that myself, but ha- losing friends who have told me the same thing. Damn. My, my days are numbered. I've had somebody say that to me and they were not lying. Now, uh, you know, maybe another thing worth mentioning, too, is that, you know, people, our, our world seems to have some fascination about the end of the world. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's like it's upon us or something. Yeah, but I don't think it's upon us. You know what is, well, it's not, that's not what's upon us is the thing. Uh, mm. You know, what with the story of revelations and all this sort of unconscious thing that's coming out is just uh, us coming to confront what real like ego death is like. <laughs> so the world is not going to crumble. We're not going to have world war three, nothing like that. I mean, we're, we're going to have to go through some trials and tribulations to get there individually and collectively, but the world is not going to end. Um, we're, we're not at the precipice of an apocalypse. We're at the precipice of an awakening. So I hope yeah. people who are finding themselves in despair can understand what the real message behind that story mm-hmm. is, which is it's trying to tell you the story of what it's like to go through, go through a spiritual awakening and an ego. Death. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about the, it's not about the world ending because we're horrible or something. It's, that's not what it is. So yeah, I don't think I don't think that's how God's work. And I don't think I don't think there's a lot of part. I think it's all love, man. <laughs> I think it's I I think it's all about love. Um, Patrick, I got nothing but love for you, my friend. Um, just you're such a good human, and uh, you know, really touching conversation with you in the jar. Uh, I think people can, you know, if you're listening to this episode, or if you've got this, you know, you've queued up and you've listened to this, you know, also find Patrick on the jar live. It's another podcast of ours, and his episode will be airing in about uh, about 10 days. So this episode will be out, and people can kind of circle back and find you on the other platform, uh, I hope. Perfect. And uh, reach out Patrick's yeah. in Houston. He's got a Facebook mm-hmm. page. I didn't I didn't pimp your Facebook page on here yet, um, but he's got a Facebook page. You can find him on there. I'll yeah, yeah. and anybody listening to this, feel free to reach out if you uh, want to talk to me about anything. Hmm. I try to stay as open-ended and, you know, I don't, um, you know, I, I try to give my conversations with people away for free. That's how we're going to do this. So I love it. Um, Patrick, thanks so much. I'm going to play a little, give us a little outro music if I can. You know, let that kind of just cook in the background. Um Again, Patrick, thanks so much for being a guest uh, here and on The Jar. Uh, Everybody, thanks again for tuning into Mental Health Today. It's a great podcast uh, that we started uh, back in April and just a chance to already get to reach out and hear from more than 70 people uh, what they're doing, what their experiences is, what their experiences are, sorry, on on their journey uh, into mental health and, and what they've got to share with us and, and share with the platform is just powerful. And so many people could be touched by the stuff we're doing. Patrick, thanks again for being a guest and uh, stay in touch, my friend. I certainly will. Thanks, Ken. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.